What's going on, Whisper Nation? Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Whispers. This one's a little bit different today. If you're listening on audio, if you're seeing this on Patreon, we split up the Sunday night and Monday night football matchups so that we could take care of those first. Get your start sick questions in there, and we will be hitting you with part two of the matchup breakdown tomorrow. Or you know, by the time you see this, maybe it'll be on the pat pl- podcast platform that you're on. Um, so enjoy the episode. This will be just the Sunday night football matchup and the Monday night football matchup and all the fantasy football implications right here on the fantasy whispers. Right here. What's going on, Johnny? It's time, man. We got to talk about that Sunday night football episode here. We're going to talk about the Kansas city chiefs hosting the Buffalo bills in a 56 and a half point over under Ooh, yeah, chiefs, baby. massive over under in this one. The chiefs favored by three only at home. This should be maybe the game of the year so far in the NFL. Um, these are two teams that have had ups and downs. You look at Buffalo, they had the Pittsburgh game where they lost in week one. They've de- then sent boat race teams out of, out of the building and in, in, in their matchups since then. And then you look at the chiefs, they've had it up and down too. they, have lost a couple matchups maybe they shouldn't have lost. They've been looking for that third option in the offense. They've signed Josh Gordon since then. Um, There's a lot of things going on with these offenses. But even more importantly, Whisper Nation, there's a lot to talk about fantasy football-wise. So if you like fresh fantasy football content, make sure you head over to our YouTube page and hit the like button, hit the subscribe, and give this and all of our other videos a like on your way in. My name is Big Travi. You can find me on Twitter at Big Travi TFW. I'm joined by Johnny Gametime Hicks. You can find him on Twitter at Johnny underscore GameTime. Johnny, when we look at the Buffalo Bills side of the ball, I really just wanted to start and talk about this being a potential blow-up spot for Stephon Diggs because we've we haven't really seen the ceiling that we saw last year with Diggs, but we're we're waiting for it. And this could be the game. 56 and a half point over under. Yeah, we've been waiting for <laughs> Stefan Diggs to break out. And I definitely do think that this could be that game, Travis. Kansas City allowing the 12th most fantasy points to wide receivers right now. They've also surrendered five touchdowns to the position as well. Looking at De- at Stefan Diggs, he's only had one receiving touchdown on the year. However, if you dig a little deeper... Get it, digs oh, and digs and dig. Yeah, like yeah, you like that? Uh, seventh in red zone targets right now on the year for wide receivers. He's seen 10 or more targets in three out of four games. So he's still getting that massive amount of volume. And, you know, last week we had a, a season low uh, as far as snap share count goes, as far as like 73%. But generally I would throw that kind of out because they it was the matchup and they didn't really need to. They Like Travis said, they were kind of boat racing. I don't expect this to be a boat racing here. I expect it to be a big Stefan Diggs game. Get him in your lineup 100%. You're playing him. Love him this week. He'll bounce back. As far as Sanders and Cole Beasley, I will touch on those real quick, Travis. Uh, Sanders seems to be that kind of steady guy. Like the, I'd like to equate him to like the A.J. Green of the Buffalo Bills offense. And by that, I mean he's seeing consistently six targets a game. Uh, but with that, you know, comes a, a red zone look in every game as well. And then you also look and he's getting eight, at least 80 yards, 80 air yards, excuse me, in each of those games uh, so far this season. So he seems to be a relatively... Uh, safer floor guy with the high upside. Obviously, we saw him get two touchdowns from Josh Allen a couple of weeks ago. So that could always happen. It's in the realm of possibilities. Uh, and then just touching on Cole Beasley for two seconds. Uh, it, it's just not enough. Uh, the snap share consistently keep going down, Travis. And uh, he's not getting a consistent amount of targets to warrant him being a flex option. 
Just a little note, though, Travis, a little fun tip here. Uh, Cole Beasley, alternating games in which he has, you know, no targets, you know, three or, or, or less, and then he goes up and he gets like, you know, 10-plus targets in, in the next game. Well, are, so, you call, are you calling your shot? You think he's going to come bring it no, back around I, here? But I, I just, it's my out. I'm giving it my out. It's like, yeah. hey, there is like this weird pattern going on that every other game he seems to get a ton of targets, but I don't think it'll happen in this game, so I am Beasley. staying away. Yeah, Beasley's suffering from a little bit of inconsistency because we've seen Sanders emerge, but we've also seen Dawson Knox emerge, Johnny. Yeah. Tight end three in standard, tight end six in PPR, touchdowns in three straight games, including back uh, two touchdowns in last week. Leads all tight ends in red zone targets. 78% of snaps in three straight games. They're really using Dawson Knox here. He could be, as you said out in the show yesterday, this could be the the uh, Robert Tunyon of this year, Johnny. Dawson Knox yeah. living on some t- touchdown production. Yeah. Kansas City is averaging 10 points per game surrendered to enemies fantasy tight ends. This is partly because they've allowed the third most receptions uh, to the position this year, Johnny. Uh, that's good for PPR. That's good for really anything. Good high over under. I'm rolling with Dawson Knox in the flames here. I like I, I do like that call a lot, Travis. But I know we've talked about the pass catchers and, and Josh Allen, and, but Everyone wants to know about these running backs, man. What do we do? Yeah. Zach Moss, you got you got uh, popping off for t- you know multiple touchdowns. It seems like every single week, and then you you know you've also got uh, the backup there or quote unquote the starter. But in terms of snaps, you got S- Singletary. What are you doing with these two? Which one are you relying on in your offense if either of them? Yeah, you got to break them down a little bit here. If you look at Moss, he's had over 50% snap share in back-to-back weeks. He's touched, he's out-touched Singletary 30 to 27 in that time. So whether or not they think he's the starter, I really actually think what we saw last week was actually Devin Singletary running with Mitch Trubisky when they boat raced the Texans, which means it tells me the only reason Singletary is getting close to the touches Moss is is because they're blowing teams out. I actually think that Moss has taken this backfield over. If you look at him missing uh, game in week one, now he's number three in the NFL after that missed game even number three in the NFL with uh, rushing attempts inside the 10 yard line with five Johnny that's great news if we were worried about Zach Moss not getting production uh, inside the red zone inside the goal line because of uh, uh, Josh Allen I think our our priors are coming true where we thought Josh Allen could actually take a step back in that because Zach Moss because they want to keep um Josh Allen healthy, right, Johnny? But mm-hmm. Zach Moss is emerging as a goal line back they can trust. Number 32 in PFF grade. And then you look at Devin Singletary, not even in the top 50 in PFF's rushing grade. Seems to be running with the second team, as I said, Devin Singletary does, and playing that change of pace role for Moss. We look at Kansas City, Johnny. PFF has them as the worst-ranked rush defense this year. They are allowing the fifth most points per game to the position. I'm rolling with Zach Moss in this game. He's one of the more trustworthy RB starts this week, given all the situations that we have with the running back position week to week. I like Zach Moss this week, and I'd be rolling him out there in most lineups. On the Kansas City side of the ball, Johnny, I wanted to ask you what you thought our concern level be should be here for Tyreek Hill. We saw him blow up last week. I, I know he's got to stay in your lineup because of that, but we've got Tredavious White for the Buffalo Bills. We've got a team... Um, that has, you know, see how they see how the, these other teams have bracketed um, Tyreek Hill. Are you concerned for Reek in this one? I am. I'm definitely concerned. Now, again, it's going to be hard, be hard to tell people to bench Tyreek Hill if you have him, especially coming off a mega, mega day. 
But again, like this Buffalo Bills defense is very good. Uh, they're the best against wide receivers so far this season. They've only allowed, check us out, Travis, 389 passing yards so far this season. That's under 100 yards two wide receivers on average per game. That's not good at all. And they've only allowed one touchdown all season. Tyreek had more receiving touchdowns last week than uh, in one game than uh, the Buffalo Bills have given up all season. So I do think, like you talked about, I do see a little bit of bracket coverage there. You know, Travis White is there. It's a very, very difficult matchup. So unless you... And, you know, once again, it's hard to say get Tyreek out of your lineup unless you have like a, another solid piece. But just temper your expectations hardcore for Hill this week. He's not going to do what he did last week. Uh, I wonder if people are tempering their expectations on Travis Kelsey right now. Uh, actually, before I jump into Kelsey, I do want to talk a little bit about Josh Gordon, because I know people are going to be, uh, you know, a little bit concerned with Josh Gordon, obviously signing. Get, he's been officially said that he's going to, you know, make his debut. I suit think up, people dude. are trying to suit him up in this matchup, and why not? High over under. Um, I just don't imagine to warm up that bench, dude. Yeah, I just don't have a mad, much he's going to get done in this one. Been out of football for a while. Going to need to get his feet under him, and I really think that really just lends itself to the Tyreek Hill case here. The massive over under means look, we're going to have all these stats about this defense right now. Buffalo really good against a lot of things. Even, you know, Travis Kelsey, you're going to have tempered expectations. Those expectations then become great expectations because of the 56 and a half point over under, because yeah. I think it's one of those games where it's, it's not really going to matter defensive matchup. You're going to get the best out of both teams in this matchup. It's going to be our best against your best. And part of that is Travis Kelsey. He only scored six PPR points last week and he's still the tight end one in both formats. Buffalo have been stout all over, including tight ends, only allowing four points per game to the position. But again, the massive over under means that these guys are just going to ball out. Now that could extend to CEH. He's had back-to-back games, Johnny, now with over 17 touches, gone over 100 yards in both games with over 5.8 yards per carry. He's really picked up the slack, and he kind of, you know, we were talking offline. I think he's probably over the ankle issue finally, and I think that's what we're seeing here because he's really turning it on for this offense. He's going to face the toughest test yet because Buffalo ranks number nine in rush D per pro football focus. Also, Buffalo is allowing the third fewest points per game to the running back and has yet to give up a touchdown. So you're not benching CEH due to volume that I just talked about, you know, 17 touches per game over the last two, but you don't love the matchup, Johnny. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, the points are going to be had in this game. And I, I think even though Pat Mahomes is looking at a tough matchup, Johnny, you obviously love this, this over under. Yeah, you love the over-under, but again, difficult matchup. Buffalo giving up the fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks so far this season, but they have not faced a quarterback quite like Pat Mahomes. But again, just temporary expectations on Pat Mahomes having one of those blow-up games. But again, I that over-under, man, tantalizing. Tantalizing is the fantasy football content that we continue to give you each and every day and weekly on our channel. So make sure you get over to the YouTube channel and subscribe to the Fantasy Whispers today. Give this video and another one a like on your way in. We would greatly appreciate it. Johnny, it's time to talk about the Monday night football matchup in prime time. We have the Baltimore Ravens hosting the Indianapolis Colts in a 46 point over under Baltimore favored by seven at home here. Ah, but if you like Fran, I don't I don't know if I'm going to love this game, to be honest with you, because it just doesn't look that great. Colts have been exciting. But what is exciting is the daily fantasy football content that we give you, Whisper Nation. So make sure you hit that like, hit that subscribe and join us over on the YouTube channel and help us continue to grow the channel today. 
All right, Johnny, let's talk about, though, the Indianapolis side of the ball first, because that's what we have to do. Um, for this one, it does feel like more of a Hines game between Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines. We've seen that when the game script makes the Colts heavy dogs, that we look to see Hines getting more involved. But he did get added late to the injury report on on uh, Thursday. So make sure you're monitoring this. By the time you see this or hear this, you may know a whole lot more on yeah. Naheem Hines. But, Johnny, how do you break down the backfield given, let's say, both parties are, are, are uh, healthy here? Yeah, it didn't seem to be a very serious uh, issue with Naheem Hines. But again, yeah, we'll continue to monitor. If he is active and plays, like Travis said, the game script actually flows in Hines' favor in this game, uh, being that they are seven-point underdogs in this game. So you have to throw in order to catch up. Uh, Baltimore also allowing the fourth most receiving yards to opposing running backs this season. And Aheem Hines has been the uh, far and, and, and better targeted running back as far as Indianapolis. We did see Jonathan Taylor. He has been dabbling in the receptions, but hasn't seen much more than three targets other than that first game uh, so far this season. So I do like Hines and something interesting to note, whenever you, you look at the schedule and you see you know, uh, against like uh, an opponent in which they should be coming from behind. You see Naheem Hines uh, rushing share and, and snap share jump all the way up to 50 plus uh, around 50 percent. And when he is not in a game or a positive game or negative game script, I should say, you see his uh, snap share going about the mid 30 percent so there's quite a big jump there and now when i'm talking about jt here you're going to get him in your lineup he is seeing a healthy three targets a game like i mentioned only one game this season and where jonathan taylor hasn't had at least this is wild 15 carries including travis so 15 carries in a game and including five plus red zone carries in a game. It's that's insane to me. He's getting so much work in the red area. Uh, but again, this is a difficult matchup. Eighth fewest rushing yards on the season. Baltimore is allowing opposing running backs. So uh, again, monitor that set situation heavily uh, with Hines, because if he doesn't give it a go, then it could be a little bit more pass attack for Jonathan Taylor. Uh, and, and we'll have to monitor that. But yeah, you can get Jonathan Taylor in your, line up more as an RB2 this week. Colts have been a little bit quiet on offense, including Jonathan Taylor. I mean, that's wild to yeah. see those stats you just talked about. But quiet um, has also been the story with uh, Michael Pittman, Johnny, mm-hmm. uh, even though he's seeing a lot of volume. And I think it's because we're looking at Carson Wentz on two bum ankles, try to make this offense do anything. And so I got to ask you, even with the volume that Pittman is liking to see, is he worth a flex in this one against Baltimore? It looks like a tough matchup on paper. But we've seen some guy, some teams get on Baltimore, Kansas City, Vegas. What, how, what's your feeling on this game? Only allowing three receiving touchdowns on the season so far and ninth fewest in fantasy points. That is Baltimore to opposing uh, wide receivers. But the interesting thing is Pittman's volume should be able to carry him. uh, And especially with them being down, especially too, if they don't have a guy like Naheem Hines, you could see him getting a couple more targets. But seeing a healthy eight targets in the last three games, eight plus targets, three games with a red zone look. He seems to be that kind of go-to wide receiver for uh, Wentz. And Pascal, he's just not seeing enough targets for me in order to even have confidence in a flex play due to the matchup, Travis. But I do need to ask you, dude, we were asking for a preseason, maybe. And then we, th- we said there was some potential. 
Is it's Big time, Mo Alley, is it time, dude? It is. I, I actually want to call my shot a little bit here, Johnny, because you won't. It is a, it's a whack-a-mole situation. We we definitely feel like we're chasing the two touchdowns from last week. But Mo Alley Cox last night had 69%. Nice. nice. Snap percentage. That was the first time over 51% and his highest of the year. So we love that. Um, the two touchdowns are obviously great. We we look at Carson Wentz's past in using tight ends. We look at this offense's past in using tight ends. And then we have a situation with Mo Ali Cox that we love. And Baltimore, Johnny, you think about three in week three, they held Hawkinson to one point. And yet Baltimore is still giving up the most points per game to the tight end position. They've allowed three tight end touchdowns on the year. I think Mo Ali Cox is a great uh, streamable option this week. I would stream him in a lot of situations. Maybe you had Robert Tunyon and he's failed you. You know, maybe you're worried about a Noah Fant, even though I think, you know, Noah Fant in a very tough matchup with Drew Locke and, and what's going on with, uh, with Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy B. I would actually go with Mo Ali Cox here. I think he's got a good opportunity to be some of the points that they're able to score on Baltimore because it used to, it seems to be a sieve. You can attack the middle of the field with the tight end. And Mo Ali Cox is one of the better tight ends in the league after the catch. Just so, his opportunity, baby. Yeah, I love it. So when we look at the Baltimore side, finally here, Johnny Lamar, I just want to touch in on Lamar because he's low, low key. He's dealing right now as a passer. Lamar Jackson's 8.7 yards per pass attempt is nearly a full yard higher than any previous year in his career, including the MVP season. He's the QB 10 overall. He's been living off rushing, but now he's going to get an indie team that's allowing 20 points per game to the position. And Johnny, check this out. They've given up 11 passing touchdowns to the quarterback position. That's tops in the NFL. Indy is getting torched right now through the air and not just torched. They're giving up pay dirt to these quarterbacks. So I love Lamar in this matchup. I think he's a fired up. I mean, he should be in your lineup regardless, just but because of the floor. But if you had the the slow game against Denver, that's getting you a little nervous, and you're like, dude, fire it up! It's time for Lamar yeah. to go a little bit ballistic here on this one. And, and Johnny, and I wanted to ask you, kudos, kudos to you, Travis. Uh, you had talked about this when Lamar was coming out of college, right? You talked about how Lamar had improved every single year in college on his throwing, and you know, so it's it's seeing Lamar that same is thing. just a, a fantastic quarterback. He says the right things. He's a little bit. Uh, I don't know. He's like, he's a little bit off. Sometimes you're like, yeah. Oh, mentally, maybe he's yeah. like not all there, but he's yeah. definitely says all the right things. I mean, remember him coming out talking about wanting to be like Aaron Rodgers. you know, not that it's bad to want to be like Michael Vick in this, if you're Lamar Jackson, but he was saying he wanted to be a pocket passer. You mm -hmm. know, he wanted to develop and what he's done is go out and do that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just think it's a good opportunity here. And now we're seeing the pieces around him really coming to fruition. Marquise yeah. Brown stepping his game up Rashad Bateman coming back. Mark Andrews finally turning the corner this year. So I think for me, uh, you know, Sammy Watkins has stayed healthy. I think all these weapons added up means there's going to be more yards per pass attempt, which we have seen out of Lamar Jackson. I think this is a great game to attack. But I wanted to ask you about those pass catchers, Johnny. And then also John, or, uh, Rashad Bateman as this kind of uh, stash for us right now. Yeah, Bateman's definitely a stash for me. Uh, I'm going grabbing him on waivers right now before, you know, people see him or it gets completely cleared that he'll be playing because he is one of the most electric wide receivers we saw come in this wide receiver class this year. We saw him pop off in uh, preseason. So, yeah, he's definitely worth a stash to me. Uh, Brown, continue. Marquise Brown, continuously 
is someone that I'm staying in the flames with. This guy is on fire right now. He seems to be the apple of Lamar's eye, uh, getting deep targets every single week, which you love. And sure, he has some drops. He has some some drops. But, you know, we're big fans of Deontay around here. We, we're we no strangers to drops. Come on. Uh, it, it'll be okay. I do want to say this matchup is so beyond juicy that you you not only need to get Marquise in your in your uh, lineup, but you should trust him because he's tied. It's they're tied for the first uh, in touchdowns allowed to the wide receiver position uh, with eight this season. They're tied with Tennessee. We know we talk about how if you have your wide receivers against Tennessee, you get them in your lineup. Same thing uh, with this matchup here. And then you're also uh, looking at the defense who's uh, allowing the seventh in fantasy points, some of the most fantasy points to wide receivers. So you're sticking in the flames with Marquise this week. Would you start A.J. Brown if he's able to go? I know people are going to be watching or listening to this after A.J. Brown's news. But would you start A.J. Brown if he's ready to go or Marquise Brown? I would go A.J. Brown uh, in that case just because I just feel like he he is much more of a possession guy. And I have more confidence that uh, he will get repeatedly fed the rock. Uh, especially with what what ends up happening with Julio too, we got to monitor that. But uh, I would, it would be close for me though. It would be close for me. All right, Johnny, we're going to talk a little bit about these running backs here, um, if we have to. I don't think there's anything here for us, right? Like there's nothing here, even in this game where they're favorites that we'd be willing to put into our lineup, right, Johnny? Yeah, I'm not. I'm sticking away from these guys. Listen, um, Latavius Murray seems to be the guy. Uh, they're giving him the red zone and goal line looks there. He's getting the bulk of the carries. They did bring uh, Lat- uh, Le'Veon Bell back in, Travis, and and gave him some snaps. Uh, and so I am a little concerned what, what they're doing over there. Um, but again, if you have to throw a guy in there from this backfield, I do think Latavius uh, is the guy, but not the greatest matchup either on paper. Uh, ninth fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs. We, yeah, we expect a lot of throwing. Anything else you want to touch on in the Baltimore offense here? Anything else you'd like to get in and, and tell Whisper Nation about, or we think we're good to go with the Ravens? Just touching on uh, and Mark Andrews, uh, you're going to stay in the flames with him. Uh, he's not had the biggest breakout year or been one of the better tight ends as of yet, uh, but he has had three straight games over 50 receiving yards. And then you look at this uh, matchup here on paper and you're and you're seeing that they haven't given up uh, two or they have given up two receiving touchdowns so far this season Two tight ends. I do think that. Uh, you know, Mark Andrews could score against an Indianapolis Colts defense. He should have had a touchdown last week. I got called should've. back against Denver. Um, but yeah, I think, Brutal. I think Andrews is, is pretty much Andrews and Marquise Brown and Bateman coming back to the offense should only help those two continue to establish dominance. So let's see what happens yep. in this one. Whisper nation. We appreciate you rocking with us on this one. Uh, make sure you're subbed over on the YouTube channel by clicking subscribe to the fantasy whispers and make sure you hit that like button for us. For Johnny Game Time Hicks, for Big Travi, myself, we are the Fancy Whispers. We're out of here. Peace. 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 Right here. Look at you go. You made it to the end of another one of our videos. Hey, if you still have some questions, I totally understand. Or you just want to join an awesome fantasy football community, head on over to our Discord chat. Link is in the description below. And if you're still not sold on us, 